0: Welcome to Pep Talk for Writers. Yeah, we're gonna talk you into writing. Maybe you're on the fence. Maybe you're not sure whether you want to write. That's fine. I'm gonna talk you into it. Ted, uh, my name is <laughs> my name is Nick Jaina. This is Pep Talk for Writers. It's just a little friendly podcast I do just to hang out on your shoulder while you're sitting there uh debating whether you should be writing or maybe you should get a real job. You can have a real job too. You can go to your real job after this, but there can always be some time for writing. That's part of what I want to talk about this week. I want to talk about the this idea of containers. Um this this really helps me to You know, a lot lot of the things that I talk about with teaching writing is how to move forward even on the days and the weeks where you don't feel inspired, where you don't feel particularly poetical and romantic. How do you keep moving forward to get some momentum and progress even those times? Because that's going to end up being the majority of your days, to be honest. Um, When you kind of flip that switch to be a writer, I find one of the difficult things is realizing that it doesn't make everything come alive and everything is inspiring and on fire all the time it just means you've you're setting aside more time for writing but there're still those days where you just feel like nothing is inspiring everything's sad nothing is a metaphor and so i want to have some systems in place so that we can have some executive capability to keep moving forward and build up writing even on those days and weeks and months and years um so containers uh a container is like this show is a container it's it's 15 minutes where there is a safe space to explore some ideas we can share it together we know the parameters of it and what happens like there there's there's a real value to just knowing what this is and and the shape of it and what can go in here and what doesn't go in here so for writing it really helps me to give myself containers of where to put ideas, where to put things, just to start differentiating this is this thing and it's not this thing. And so now, now that I know that, I can make it more this thing, or I can add some contrast to the thing. And if I have those containers, I can focus on that thing and then know where to put it, and that helps me to expand on that thing. For example, one exercise that I do is before and after And this is really simple if you just choose a place and you pick two times and just say before and after and you write about that place before and after and make sure that those time periods are distinct. They don't have to be opposite, but it helps if they're just very different. And you don't even have to be specific about what comes in the middle or what happened in between. You can have an idea of that, but often that connecting point is a difficult part that we can get to later. But we can do a lot of work writing in just the space of before and after. I did this in a novel that I wrote that came out last year called Hitomi. I had trouble with just the vast expanse of writing a novel and figuring out how do you tell this story that just takes this long journey and how do I even know if I'm making progress on this? Like, what what do I do? So I was teaching writing workshops and I gave this assignment one time. I remember I was in Cuesta, New Mexico. And I gave this assignment, and it was a workshop where we wrote in person and gave it fifteen minutes. And I wrote these two pieces. I chose Prospect Park in New York, and I said fall and spring. I know that my story starts uh, the story that I was writing. I knew it was going to start and end in New York, and it was it was starting in the in the fall, and and an end point could be at some point after would be the spring. So I knew that those places were there, even though I didn't know the development of this character or all that was going to happen. What tragedies were going to happen. Um, I knew that those were the starting and ending points and that some change was going to happen and maybe it was going to be positive. Uh, maybe like a wistful positive, a positive with reservations. So I just did some writing and I wrote these two pieces. I'm going to read them for you right now in the same 15 minute block. And two or three years later, they ended up in my book and they ended up about 300 pages apart. So this whole story of the book takes place in between these parts but i wrote them on the same day and it really helped me to differentiate okay now i'm writing just about this before period and now i'm writing about just this after period so i'm going to read uh from my book hitomi uh we walked through prospect park the leaves were starting to tremble and let go for the season it was as though the pantone swatch factory exploded and shot out colored cards of cardamom and verdigris the swans in the lake were biting at each other so just a very simple portrait of Prospect Park in the fall. And then 300 pages later, at the very end of the book, spoiler alert, um, we get to Prospect Park in the in the spring. The cherry trees of Prospect Park had something important to say, and they weren't going to wait much longer. Even as crumbled piles of dirty snow lingered on the ground, the trees all around were ready to start the show. They are going to skip the previews and go right to opening night. And it goes on from there, but I wrote those pieces in that same session. And it just helped me to, um, you know, think of it as like a, (laughs) like a Plinko board, like in the, in the old, uh, prices, right. You start at the top and you put this chip in and it kind of bounces around and ends up at a slot at the bottom. So if I'm having an idea of, okay, what are my associations with prospect park? Um, that first differentiation can just be the season and it can really help to categorize these things and put them into different containers and separate them and then so i have this idea of the changing leaves and that's obviously fall and the swans are fighting because they're mm, they know the cold's coming or whatever the reason why they're fighting is um and then i have this other idea of cherry trees blossoming and and that sound and that color and that that feeling um what is the sound of cherry trees blossoming i don't know so you put those little plinko chips in there and i go ding ding you know and everybody claps and then they end up in these different containers and then you start to amass more things in these containers and and maybe another session you just now that you have some momentum there in this container you look in there and you can add more to that you can expand on that knowing that there's this little germ of a focused idea that is about this place in this time period um that that simple idea is really helpful for me in just approaching the big expanse of how do I write a book? How do I tell a big story? It starts with just dividing things, like splitting something in half. So even just for the entire book that you, you could just say, well, I know there's a before and I know there's an after. I don't even know what the thing is that happens, but I know there will be something that happens in the beginning when everything is sort of okay, but like, There's this longing, and I know something that will happen at the end when someone's tired but they're happy, you know? You can start to build up associations with those containers, and then make smaller containers, and uh, add to those things that are defined by their differentiation from something else. That very basic process really helped me to just get moving, because really what you want is accumulated momentum and material that makes you feel like, okay, at least I have some pages here, I have some before I even had a story, I had some change happening in the environment. You know, I kind of—it's kind of like painting from the background uh, up, and you know, painting the 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 hills and the river in the back, and then getting to Mona Lisa later. Not to say my book is Mona Lisa, but <laughs> the background painting, adding layers, and then the the characters, the story, the the population, the plot can come when you've done some of this work and you know the landscape more. I don't, I don't know if that's how other writers do it. Sometimes I felt like I was, well, the whole time I was writing my book, I felt like I was kind of doing it backwards because I was just out of my social shyness. I, I was afraid to confront characters. I was afraid to confront plot. And so it was easier for me to describe landscape, which is totally fine. Um, you can get a long way with describing that. You can show a lot of change and a lot of momentum. And so I did a lot of that work and my book is about this band traveling around to different cities, and I had kind of painted the landscape first, and then I put these characters in, and then they were expressing love and frustration, and they were in these places that I had already had a really clear vision of of the little niche of that of those places that I knew that I was depicting. They had a character to them, and that was a place that I could drop these characters in, and it and it just already had this momentum to it. It's 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 like having this background texture to your painting before you put the characters on it. So that's my testimonial to containers and just slotting things and differentiating them to make it easier to start to show some change. Like change doesn't have to be anything other than just movement of something to something else. I, I was often afraid of plot, afraid of like big plotty soap operay kind of plots. And this is a way for me to ease into it in a way that felt comfortable of, okay, I know the seasons change. I know day turns into night. I know Uh, the tides go in and out, I, I know that change happens. I can just start documenting those changes. And then maybe I'll feel comfortable showing that in characters and movement and emotions. Maybe that gives me the stage to set where I can put these characters. So my suggestion for a writing prompt today, if you need one, is to write before and after. Think of it as two separate pieces, even as you're writing it in one session. There's Mm, and, and this it really helps me to pick a place i think to focus on pick a place and then just write before and after and the before can be morning night it can be winter summer it can be 1912 and 2012 it can be you know before gentrification after gentrification just you don't even have to reference the event or the thing that's in the center you don't have to know what that is you don't have to make the connection in the story write two separate pieces that show these two different time periods and just see what happens with that container where that's all you need to do just see what kind of writing can occur and knowing that this the contrast of these two things will show that change you don't have to do any of that in the actual writing itself like those two things those containers going up against each other like like a red going against a green will show that contrast will show that change so I, I look for containers to help me do a lot of this work uh, for me of sh- documenting change and showing progress. Give it a try. And <laughs> while you write, I'm going to give you some instrumental music. This is from my friend Dustin Hammond, who lives in Silver City, New Mexico. He plays in a band called Run On Sentence, and he made this instrumental track to listen to while writing. It's called Winter Waves.